Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Redtown Radio presents Golden for Creek Chief. This is a time for people to call in that don't live in the area, or even if you do live in the area, to call in and ask your questions, or if you want to be heard about a particular subject, then give us a call at 914-338-1160. At this time, I know there are some other shows going on with the California Muskogee Association, um, so... Um, I will also be on that show in about an hour to discuss some of the issues surrounding this campaign with the California Muskogee Association. And I'm waiting for someone to call in or come into the chat room. But in the meantime, let me just talk a little bit about myself. My name is Brenda Golden. I am originally from Clareview, Oklahoma. My mother is Letty Harjo Randall, and my dad is Eugene Goon Golden, both from Clareview, Oklahoma. My grandmother was named Annie Marcy Scott, and she was the daughter of Jess Scott from Jaeger area. And um, my platform is pretty simple as far as the administration goes for the Muskogee Creek Nation. I am looking to change the culture at Creek Nation. Uh, One of the things that I bring to the chief, to the administration, is that I am running a grassroots campaign of just ordinary people working together to try to get me elected. I'm not trading any favors for donations. I'm not taking donations and promising anything. What I do promise is that I will be fair and equal to everyone and treat everybody the same. A Creek citizen is a Creek citizen is a Creek citizen. It doesn't matter who you are or where you live. That is the way that I look at uh, Creek citizens. So that's one of the things that I will bring to the administration as a culture change. I don't believe that uh, qualified people that are Muskogee Creek are currently in positions at Creek Nation at the complex. And so I will institute a policy or enforce the policy, if you will, that Muskogee Creek citizens will be hired first. Muskogee Creek preference first and then Native American preference. That means if a person is qualified, if there are two people that are qualified, one's Muskogee Creek and the other one isn't, the Muskogee Creek person that's qualified will get the job. That's what Muskogee preference and hiring means. Um, I also want to enforce policies at Creek Nation, the ones that work. We need to decide which of the policies at Creek Nation are working for the people. Right now, you have uh, a lot of confusion because nobody in the administration wants to accept responsibility for making a decision. If you use policies, then there is no reason why someone should spend a whole day at Creek Nation trying to get an answer to a question. So my administration is going to focus on citizens in that customer service and fast-friendly service is going to be the goal of the whole administration that will be fast, focused, and flexible, meaning if policies don't work to serve people and they're not giving services to people, then that policy needs to be changed. That's what being flexible means. One of the problems with the bureaucracy is that It is hard for people to change 
uh, after they're used to doing things a certain way for so long. So that is one of the things that I have done in the past is to use teamwork and the human resources that are on staff to get buy-in into the into the the goal or the mission of what the Creek Nation is supposed to be. It is my firm belief that the Muscogee Creek Nation is a government created for the purpose of serving our citizens. And if it weren't for the citizens, then there wouldn't be a government. We need to be putting our Creek citizens first, meaning they get treated with respect, they get treated in a minimal amount of time. There's no reason that a Creek citizen should be going to the complex and spending a whole day trying to get services. A Creek citizen should be able to get served and have quality services within one hour of being at the complex. There's no reason for an employee not to know the answer to something and send them to another department who sends them to another department who sends them to another department. That stops now when I'm elected. We will hold our employees accountable. They will be given decision-making authority so that they can make decisions for themselves. They're not going to be asking people up the chain about what they need to do. And the, the chief should never be involved in day-to-day -day operations. The chief is like on the board of directors, the chairman of the board. Uh, there's no reason that the chairman of the board would ever be involved in day-to-day -day operations. So that's another thing that I will be instituting is because I've served on a lot of boards in the past, and uh, I, I don't believe that chiefs and second chiefs and other people should be uh, involved in the day-to-day -day operations. So I'm sitting, waiting, I'm chatting, waiting for people to call in. I've heard several times that how are we going to connect with our at-large citizens and how are, what are we going to do to communicate with at-large citizens. And this is your time. I don't want to be recorded. Um, this is your time to call in. This is your time to be heard. This is your time if you want issues brought to the forefront of the of the race. This is your time. And I will uh, sit here and talk a little bit more about things that uh, are in my platform. One of the things that, uh, besides the change in the culture at the, at the administration being fast, focused, and flexible, is that being fair and impartial means that employees are also treated with respect. We have policies in the books right now for protecting employees from political issues, and a grievance process, and neither have been used for years. I will bring those back. I will bring back the employee protection from political influence. I will bring back the grievance process. For those of you that aren't aware, I have over 20 years experience in the human resources field. I started working as a personnel assistant at the Department of Human Services in 1991. And I worked my way up to being director of human resources at several organizations and tribal organizations in the last 10 years. Um, so I have been a personnel analyst for the city of Oklahoma City where it was my job to look at every personnel action that came across my desk. Um, that was my job. Every promotion, every hire, every uh, disciplinary action, any kind of personnel action for a city employee came to my desk first 
and I reviewed it to make sure that it met with policy standards and that that person was being treated fairly. Once I signed off on it and sent it back, um, then that personnel action could go forward. So I know that it can be done. If it can be done in a city setting, the city of Oklahoma City is one of the largest employers in the state of Oklahoma. And if I could do that for every single personnel action for the city of Oklahoma City, then we can surely do that at the, at the Creek Nation complex for our employees and for hiring. Um, so that's one of the ideas that I have. The other idea that I have about hearing from citizens and employees is setting up a hotline. I'm going to have a hotline so that people can call in with concerns or complaints or even to give uh, accolades for things that were done well. So it won't be just used for, for things that are, are done wrong. Um, I believe that, that it's imperative we hear from our citizens and our employees and then take immediate action instead of waiting. This was gonna be a proactive way to address concerns instead of waiting down the road and then taking a, a, a reactive stance after the fact. So I've got a caller on the line. I'm gonna open up that line and say, uh, I'm glad to hello? have, hello, I'm glad to have a caller. What can I do, what can I do for you? My name is Michael D.O. I'm a Cape citizen. I've heard uh, a lot of different topics uh, about you and the candidates speak upon. But one topic in particular I haven't heard is what does Creek Nation plan to do as far as the environment, environment, environmental protection? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, concern right now with climate change. Mike, have you heard of, uh, of some of the, the backlash from what that's doing to our environment from climate change, or are you just talking like the air, water, and land kind of issues? All the environmental, all the environmental protection. Okay. Well, as a government, plan to address it as far as a, as a nation addressing climate change. What do you plan to do as far as fossil fuels? You know, energy, taking care of the earth. That's a great question. I think that, you know, in in the in the next 4 years, some of the things that we could do is start using our own natural resources because the Muscogee Creek Nation has a lot of property, land. And on that land are underground water, groundwater. There's rivers and lakes and streams. We need to start making sure that those are clean and reusing that water, making it potable. So we need some kind of water treatment system uh, to use our own, what we already have, to make better as far as the water is concerned and conserve it. Because I know in some communities, like in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, sometimes we get something in the mail saying that we need to boil our water. And that's at the capital of the Creek Nation. Can you believe that? The other part of that, like I said, is we have a lot we have a lot of property and a lot of those have wells on them, oil and gas wells. And so one of the things that I would ask is for a review of all of those properties to make sure that that uh they're being environmentally responsible, you know, that they're not trashing the land, that they're not spilling and any that are up for review, I think I would take a look at the 
uh, at the property, if it's in close to a water source or uh, if it's being damaging to the environment, maybe we don't want to renew those oil and gas leases. You know? And the other thing is we could do a lot of energy-saving projects with our housing department, for instance, putting solar panels on houses, putting uh, recyclable water rain barrels so that people can gather their own water. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could do for our citizens in housing just to help them offset their energy. And then, hey, why can't we develop our own energy source, like solar, have a solar farm or a wind uh, turbine farm? Uh, we can generate a lot of our own energy through solar panels. Oklahoma is blessed to be sunshiny over 300 days out of the year. We need to capitalize on that. And then we could have the energy source for our own complex and for our own people, have clean water for our own people, and then on our land start planting trees, start planting and guarding our seeds. We need to restore our food sovereignty initiative so that we are feeding our own people and not depending on grocery stores for food. We have a lot of property. I'm not kidding you. The Creek Nation owns a lot of land that could be farmed, could be using the water, could be using the natural resources. And so, Mike, I got off on a tangent. I apologize, but I hope I answered your question. Um, there's just a lot of work we need to do in the environment and to protect our citizens in, in the future. So air, water, land, all big, and of course, developing the solar and wind power for our electricity and our energy needs is, is a big one. You know, I, I drive down from back and forth on 75 Highway quite a bit, and I see that we have a couple of gas stations. We got one right there in Okmulgee. We have one uh, uh, just north of Duck Creek. Um, and I just wonder uh, if that is good for our image. Is that good for Creek Nation's image to be selling oil and gas? I don't know. What do you all think about it? Um, I think of, uh, from a perspective of being uh, conservative of our environment, we need to take a look and question those kinds of things. Just because something makes money doesn't mean it's something good for the long run. Our children and our grandchildren's children um, may be looking one day at us and saying, why didn't they do more to protect the air and the water for, for, for us? So I think that looking at those businesses that we have, like the gas stations and the, the, con the contracts that we have for oil and gas leasing uh, are, are areas that we can do immediately. So I thank you for that question, Mike. Um, so I'm going to go on just a little bit. I've got about 15 more minutes left in the show, and I'm still uh, very thankful for Mike for calling in with that. Um, I'm still looking for more callers or people to enter into the chat room. The chat room is open. Um, this broadcast will be available later on after for as long as Redtown Radio is on the Internet. You can come back and listen to it at any time. So the next thing I, I want to talk about that, that most people haven't talked about very much is the free press. And I think that for people, especially outside of the uh, area of Okmulgee, don't always know what's going on, and they have to depend on Muskogee Media or the newspaper to get information about what's going on. And in order for people to make a 
and informed decision about things that are going on. They have to have both sides, three sides of the story, four sides of the story maybe. And that's what invest, uh, journalism does. They investigate every side and then they write a report on it. When press is stifled, when it is not able to be a free press and there are only channels through one for one message, uh, then citizens suffer because they're not getting the full story. And that means that they're not going to be able to make informed decisions about what's going on because they don't know the full story. That's why we need a free press. And I know I heard a lot of people saying that the press shouldn't bite the hand that feeds them because they're funded by the Creek Nation and then they should only be running good stories or proactive stories or positive stories about Creek Nation or, or doing the stories that uh, the chief and the administration wants them to do. But then that's not, that's called propaganda then. It's not called a press. If they're told what to report, how to report it, and what kind of information that they're allowed to, to put in there, then that's not journalism. It's propaganda at that point. And that's why I support a free press. I think that under the Indian Bill of Rights, that a free press is conferred upon Indian tribes through the Indian Bill of Rights. Um, the Indian Civil Rights Act, and I can't remember what year, I want to say 1968, but I'm probably getting it mixed up with the original Civil Rights Act, um, guaranteed that our Native people would have freedom of speech, and that includes the freedom of the press. Now, the funding part of that is what a lot of people are talking about is why the free press shouldn't be free. But, you know, there are public radio stations that do um, money drives every year, like NPR. They have a couple of times a year that they ask for donations. They have donation drives. Um, they accept other kinds of things besides money, uh, like cars and goods or whatever that they can sell and, and put into programming. So there's no reason that our tribe couldn't seek uh, not only private funds, but also grants or, or other kinds of funds to offset and help to cut the cost to the tribe for, for being a free press. But I think it is vital to our citizens that we get a full story, all sides of the story, and be able to make our own decisions about what's going on at the tribal nation. We don't need information funneled to us that's only good to one side. Um, if we wanted that, we'd listen to Fox News all the time. But, but we need a free press so that we can make informed decisions about what's going on. I've got time for one more, one more question. Caller, you're on the air. Yes. All right. Hey, What's Bridget, your question? Uh, I need to know what, if anything, what are some of your examples you're going to do to include some of us uh, at-large citizens? How can you make us feel important at the nation and included within the nation? Because right now we, we don't feel it. I know that, and I apologize for that, because everything is geared towards what's within the 11-county called tribal jurisdiction and the rest until it's time for people to vote they don't even think about the the people that are outside uh, you know i lived in oklahoma city for a, a long long time before that i lived in norman and i was considered outside the jurisdiction um and 
I think that we need to have communication go both ways. Maybe we just set up a video chat every other week with the chief and the second chief. Maybe we set up uh, live streaming events uh, on Facebook once a month for the at-large citizens to talk to the chief. Um, maybe we have a, a, a page or something dedicated to at-large citizen stories in the, in the newspaper. Um, those are just a couple of ways that you can get citizens more engaged. And then, of course, I would like to mm. review all of our, all of our grants and uh, the funds that we get to expand our, our self-governance programs to include services to people outside that area. That's great. Thank you so much. Does that answer your question? Okay. Well, I got another caller I'm going to get to. Okay. Thank you. Caller, you're on the air. Hi. Yes. I have a question. I I was wanting to ask about uh, women's rights and equal, you know, advantages within the, the, your office if you were to become chief. And I guess it's a two-part question. The second part of that is how, what, how, what's the priority on your list for that? How quickly could we see the, those changes? Well, of course, any time a, a chief is elected, they can bring in, and they often do bring in almost all their own people. And my take on, on women is that if they're qualified and are, of course, my platform is to hire qualified Muscogee and Native American preference, so, of course, qualified Muscogee Creek citizens would be the top of the list. I have some positions in mind that have never had a female hold them that I think like the we've never had a female attorney general. I think that would just be something that we should strive to include in our dossier. We've never had a female Department of Interior Affairs cabinet secretary. Um, when when Chief Floyd was elected, that was the first time we ever had a female tribal administrator. Um, I I believe that we have many qualified female citizens that I would love to have join my team if I'm elected. And so I think that uh, as a female, I know that I applied over and over and over, could never get even an interview at Creek Nation. I don't know if it's because of my name or it's because I'm female. But either way, anybody that is qualified will get a free, uh, will get at least uh, consideration in my administration. But I'm very hyped about getting more qualified women in positions of leadership. All right, thank you very much. I like I like the way that sounds. Me too. It's about time. <laughs> That's right. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you very much. It is. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. One more call. I've got five minutes left. Anybody else? Caller, your mic is open. Yeah, what about protecting the ancestors and the future? Protecting our ancestors, like sacred sites or... uh, um, I I don't know if you were aware... Yeah, I don't know if you were aware of what was going on with the Porch Band Creeks in Alabama, but there were some... um, there was some issues with them digging up our ancestors and putting a casino on top of our ceremonial ground and sacred burial grounds. And we don't want that to happen again ever. Um, And so we need to not only keep at 
that Porch Band Creek situation. We can't let them off the hook for doing that. Um, that they're benefiting from doing something not only illegal but also uh, immoral. Um, in the future, I I would like to buy or find some long-term leasing situation for our not only our ceremonial grounds but for our traditional burial grounds, like at Creek Chapel where my daughter is buried and all of my ancestors are buried. I wouldn't want that in 50 years when I'm gone to be dug up and something put there. So we need to put some protections in place like long-term leases or just to buy that property now. And that way we can protect it in the future. Because if it's owned by a private citizen, they can do whatever they want with it. But if it's government property, then there are federal laws that are in place to protect sexy places. But other than that, I think our only bet would be to buy it ourselves and to protect it. So, well, it's been great talking with you. I'm out of time already. 30 minutes goes so quick. I sure appreciate all the calls that came in and uh, we'll do this again in another couple of weeks. So thank you and remember to vote golden. My phone number is 918-879-5013. That's 918-879-5013. Feel free to give me a call anytime and we'll talk again soon. Mado. Oh, oh, oh.